Are you there? I am here. You're pretty clear. I listened to that two minutes. It was breaking up a bit, but pretty clear right now. <laughs> and, um, okay, it's the Emily T. Gale Talk Story Show, and I am delighted. I'm in Hawaii, on the beautiful big island of Hawaii, and my longtime friend, Jack Berry, is just outside of Detroit. Uh, Jack, longtime friend, but longtime sports reporter, golf golf writer, probably covered over 100 golf majors. And Jack, I'm going to let you tell a little bit about your background, but I was thinking about it this morning. I've known you since the 1960s. Well, I was kind of young then. <laughs> but you know what? You were making a difference then. You had been instrumental in starting the free press golf schools that the the PGA pros around the Detroit area were offering golf lessons to to people. Yes, and and we've had uh, you know had some nice uh, folks come out of it and have gone on. Uh, it's a uh, uh, young lady was from uh, one of the local high schools that wound up being the president of the LPGA. That was uh, Joyce Kaczmierski. and. Uh, and some uh, and some other uh, had a women's champ LP or women LPGA or, or open champion uh, from uh, oh what was the name of that club? The trouble is at, at this time of my life, I have to admit that I am 90 years old, and uh, names some sometimes slide right by. It, it, me, me as well, but I sure remember Joyce Kazmierski. I am in touch with her on social media, and we all played junior golf together, uh, junior districts. And of course, she went on to the LPGA and Bonnie Lauer. Was it Amy Alcott? Was she from? It was uh, Bonnie Lauer who uh, went. Uh, she won the Women's Open, didn't she? I, I can't remember, but they made a difference. But the thing is, you made such a difference back in those days of giving, you know, creating the, the Free Press Golf School. Of course, you ultimately ended up writing for the Detroit News for, what, 40 yeah. years or something? But those schools, you know, introducing golf to, to all ages, male and female, was really made a difference. And you have made such a difference in the world of golf in your lifetime. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, the two Detroit papers, the Free Press and the News, uh, are uh, – they have become uh, aware of golf, and and thanks to Dan Gilbert, who's the who's the head of Rocket Mortgage, uh, and a Michigan State graduate, I must must admit, uh, has is a member of Detroit Golf Club, and he started the tournament a couple of years ago. He picked up uh, Tiger Woods was the getting the money from the tournament the event outside of Washington, D.C., and somehow or other, they, that lost out, and Dan Gilbert picked it up and it started the, uh, basically, Motors to the Open, the Rocket Mortgage Open, a couple of years ago, and, and uh, you know, started out in tough times with the pandemic, but uh, they they were good last year. They let uh, let people in last year, and, and I think that they'll do it this year. We have... Two two good golf shows. One in Grand Rapids that is over the uh, always the 
Valentine's Day weekend, and then a couple weeks after that, uh, right here by me and, and Novi, the Michigan Golf Show, and both have said that they intend to permit <laughs> permit spectators and welcome them. Uh, you know, some places have been uh, tightened up, and uh, but this uh, they're going to go on, and, and both of them have completely uh, admitted. Uh, Admitted customers uh, to the to the show, and uh, everybody's happy about that. Well, there's something to say about just about everything you just mentioned. First of all, the Rocket Mortgage Classic, I follow it very closely. I just think it's fantastic, you know, out at Detroit Golf Club, and people don't realize it didn't just happen. Dan Gilbert put a lot of years into paving the way for the PGA Tour to find a slot for an event to be in Michigan. He was determined to have an event in Michigan. And I, I, you know, we've got our Mitsubishi Electric Championship coming up here on the big island of Hawaii. And I've worked with the PGA for 26 years now. And the impact that has had on our community, not just the funds raised, but how much it's done for creating recreational golfers. And that's what, you know, the Buick Open did back in the 60s up at, in Flint, which is now where the LA Challenge is held. But, the Rocket Mortgage Classic, it's unbelievable how much money they've raised in the, the few years that it's been, even with the pandemic, isn't it? Yes. Well, Dan Gilbert is a, a genius. Unfortunately, he had, uh, you know, some health problems a year or so ago, and, and was uh, he couldn't get out to the course, but he's he is back pretty much uh, in top shape now, and you know, he's made remade downtown Detroit. Now, I worked all my life at, at the United Press, the Detroit Free Press, and the Detroit News on one street, Lafayette, in downtown Detroit. Well, if I go down there now, I can't. I can hardly find anything anymore with all the uh, all the new structures. Every, everything that's happened in downtown Detroit has been sensational, and Dan Gilbert is the guy who really really got it going. Well, he did in many ways. I always say that I thought Peter Carmanos had, had something to do with that when he, you know, brought County Ward down into downtown Detroit, too, and started, you know, the Campus uh, uh, Marius. What's it called? Campus Marius, yeah. But, um, you know, I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, two sides to every store. I'm a big fan of Dan Gilbert's, and, but it, a lot of people think that all that glitters is not gold, but it's pretty, pretty hard not to say that what he's done for the the community of Detroit and, and metropolitan Detroit with money she's raised, not just with the Rocket Mortgage Classic, but all the years that he has been downtown. He's, he's, he gives back in a nice way. Absolutely. He's been a great supporter of Michigan State, too. But great uh, Spartans are very happy about that. But, you know, Detroit downtown, no other city in the country, in the world, has four major leagues right in its downtown area that you can walk to each of them. It's within a mile. We've got the NBA, the Pistons, and the Red Wings are at the Little Caesars Arena. The uh, Lions are at uh, Ford Field, and the Tigers are at uh, Comerica Park. And it's all right downtown. No other city has that. It's pretty amazing. I mean, Detroit is a wonderful sports town, very loyal fans, and also many of the athletes that come to play in Detroit, well, at first they might be apprehensive. Many of them stay in Detroit 
because they love the the city and the people and that's always been a a long time story to tell about athletes going to Detroit and end up falling in love with being there but Jack let's talk a little bit about your career I mean you, you've still been writing. I'm looking at a story you wrote, I think it was last year for uh, Michigan Golfer, and it had to do with uh, the Aloha Swing, the PGA Tour that heads to Hawaii this month, starting with the Tournament of Champions, the Century Tournament of Champions over at Kapalua. And, and you wrote a really fun story, I think it was last year, and you talked about Hawaii calls, and and you're always reminded of that, and that when Mark Rolfing is on uh, Golf Channel talking about Kapalua, golf on, you know, reporting on the Century Tournament champions and all his storytelling. So talk a little bit about what the Aloha Swing reminds you of when you watch it on the Golf Channel. Um, well, I just uh, my good uh, fortune in, in being a being a golf writer at, at the Free Press and the News is that I have been to Kapalua and I have been to the to George, the Big Island, me and uh, Captain Cook, although I, I, I have managed to exit uh, alive, he didn't. Uh, you took that hike. I haven't taken it yet, but <laughs> you will be in my thoughts when I take that hike that you took. In uh, the uh, northern, uh, the Flower Island, what, where the PGA had uh, a tournament going for uh, a number of years. So you've, you've had uh, in your three, to me, major islands, you've had professional golf of the top top grade. And uh, I enjoy that in, on television. I, I love watching uh I mean, it just makes me feel. Matter of fact, I had a, a disc for the Ray Kane, the, the guitarist. I had him on for a while ago, listening to listening to Hawaii, and uh, it's just uh, you know such a beautiful place, and and they do such a good. And lately, they've they've gotten even better with the drone shots uh, from the, you know from the air covering the tournaments. You, especially uh, at Kapalua. A lot of people don't realize how hilly that is, and you know the big and the waterfront and everything else. And they've, they've done a uh, wonderful job with that. And and I just uh, you're seeing the best players in the world. I, I was looking back at at the tournament started in 1953. Al Besselink was the first winner, and since then it's a tournament of champions. And by golly, it does, you have to win to get in. And uh, Sam Sneed, Arnold Palmer won three times, Nicholas won five times, Gary Players won, Lee Trevino, Tom Watson, Tigers won a couple times. Uh, how can it, how can it get any better than that? Uh, it's uh, absolutely brilliant uh, what they've been doing. And, and lately, they, you know, it's been all the the new young guys uh, have been uh, top of the top of the pack uh, with. Uh, uh, Justin, you know, with Spieth and and uh, Justin Thomas and Kalamara Kawa, Kawa and uh, Hideki Matsuyama won the Masters. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau won an Open. John Rahm, Patrick Cantlay, who was wonderful last yeah. year, in play. And so, Nicholson is playing this year too. And just uh, he tweeted uh, uh, 
earlier today, three or four hours ago, that he is going to play, that he's going to see you in Kapalua, he wrote. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's fun that, that Mark Rothman has had a lot to do that, going all the way back before this was an actual PGA Tour event, right? I mean, these things, they evolve. There's people that are pioneers that have their eye on the, the direction something can take, and, and Mark has had so much to do with that, of, uh, of how the PGA has evolved in the in the state of Hawaii. And you were talking about the drones. Well, think back. I always love to have you bring up a little bit when you first started covering. Of course, you were president of the Golf Writers Association for years, also secretary for many years. But from what I understand, you were instrumental in getting women in the locker rooms at golf tournaments. But in those early days, you were covering tournaments on a on a typewriter, right? Yes, that's the beginning. And now I've got this. Well, I can't use the words I'd like to use on the computer. <laughs> People my age, we we started out with pen and pencil <laughs> and paper, and now it's uh, what you can do is uh, is awesome. I have to get my uh, granddaughters to uh, help me out at the good times. Uh, it's. Uh, it is awesome. And even like for myself, Jack, I didn't go to journalism school. I flunked out of college. You know, I just love the game of golf. And when they started doing the senior skins over here at Milani Resort, I was real helpful in terms of getting volunteers and everything. And I was also starting to do, you know, golf writer. And I just, I just kept finding my way into little niches that I could never have done on the mainland like I was able to do over here. But even watching how it's evolved when all our pictures were 35 millimeter and then we could start using a, a, a take a picture of our camera. But even when I would go do reports and tape things, the kind of equipment, you know, I've gone through all kinds of evolutions as the technology has evolved. And I feel so grateful that, that the sport of golf has taken me to so many places and has, has really motivated me to learn how to use the technology. I'm still always behind and on a steep learning curve, but I find it fascinating that I can call you up and we can talk and I can turn it into a radio show like I did for years because I was looking. You and I have been doing shows since uh, uh, 2012, I think, or even further back was when I started being able to hang on to them and document them. But what a what a fascinating uh, life to to be around golf. From the time a, a person is young, that's why I love to encourage people to have their kids at least learn the game because it's a game for life, isn't it? Yes, it is. And and you came up with the I don't know if you call it a game for life, but uh, certainly one of the healthiest things we've ever done is running. And you are the woman who. Running to Michigan, really, with the Emily, with all the Emily runs through downtown, and you wound up uh, getting me so high on on, uh, on running that I ran three marathons: the Detroit, Philadelphia, and New York. And uh, and my wife Bonnie ran 14 marathons. And I don't know if everybody on your island understands what a great source and what a great uh, just terrific starter of of, that, of the sport of running, and what an awesome thing that it did for well for downtown and and for so many people's uh, health. And everybody's still running, and they're still running that down that marathon through downtown Detroit. And and next year we hope 
uh, back through Canada. And uh, you you were a sensational uh, starter of the Emily. Well, I'm honored to have that feedback from you. I've always felt a great deal of respect from you for that. And you're right. We were pioneers. And the beauty of it is that, you know, from the Thanksgiving Day, the uh, strategic staffing solutions that carries on the Thanksgiving Day run with the parade company and Tony Michaels and, and the Detroit Free Press Marathon. I mean, I'm so proud that they've been able to keep that going and all the runs that go on in Detroit. And yes, we were the first run through the streets of Detroit, and I feel I've contributed a lot here on the Big Island, too, but I always say it's because we're older. I've been doing it longer, <laughs> coming up with ideas, but it's a wonderful thing to know that I've made that difference. I hear from people every day who were little kids or teenagers or whatever that ran in our runs and came downtown with the whole idea of our runs downtown was to let people know that it was a wonderful city. You could have a good time in Detroit. One of the best ways to see it was was running, or and 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 we also had bike days. But I always used to say the streets are the greatest recreational asset Detroit has. We ought to use them more. And I remember Bob McCabe telling me many many years ago he was at the Detroit Renaissance that I gave him the idea to have a Grand Prix in the streets of Detroit which they did, and then moved it to Belle Isle, and now it's going to be back down in the streets of Detroit. How about that? <laughs> so it's, um, things are happening in Motown. It's, uh, it's really nice. And, well, we had Barry Gordy got the Kennedy Center Honors uh, this past uh, week or so, and it's a, it's a music town, it's a running town, it's a racing town, and it definitely is a golf town. It, it's really in the in the hearts of so many people. There's so many Detroiters that are here on the Big Island of Hawaii, and they're doing good thing. My my uh, state representative grew up in Palmer Park. <laughs> here, in, my representative here in Hawaii. But you know, you were talking about us being pioneers with the runs. But I've been thinking a lot recently about Art McCafferty and and Jenny, his wife, and and Art. Back in the day, he started Michigan Runner. There was not a running publication. And really, without Art's support and what he did for not just our race, but many of them, there was a race in Grand Rapids, the Bobby Crimp, uh, the Ann Arbor Dexter in those early days. And Art with Michigan Runner, and he's continued to do it with Michigan Golfer, which you still write for, but back in those days, he was really a pioneer, and I, I've thought about it so much recently, how much he put all of us on the map. We created the events, but he was really at the foundation, and Michigan Runner was of really getting the story out to people about how running could bring communities together. Still and and going yeah. on. He, is, uh, he also did it for skiing, and uh, that, that one kind of ended, but the runner... Michigan Runner is still going on. And it's he's fantastic. On YouTube. And it's, uh, you know, it's been dynamite for the running community. And uh, and it's starting to pick up more uh, in, the, in the whole state. We've had, after the Buick Open died in uh, 1958, uh, you know, big-time golf gun kind of, Lost its uh, lost its jump, and now it's back with the uh, the tour back in Detroit with the Ally taking over the Buicks uh, 
hot, but the Warwick Hills. The LPGA has been sensational in uh, their tournament in Grand Rapids. Uh, now we uh, Ford have won uh, yes. this year, one of her what, four victories, including the gold medal in the Olympics. And uh, we have a couple of Symmetra in about uh, three different cities. And they've got, now they've got a, a new tournament in uh, Midland, and, and that's going to get good support because Midland is the home of Dow Chemical, and uh, they've got money to spend. And, and they've got a, uh, you know, a partner turned its uh, uh, two-person uh, teams for the tournament that they started, they just started there. Uh, so that's coming on. So professional golf is, uh, Booming, we're getting and uh, young guys. Uh, the boy from uh, a suburb just south of me, from uh, Canton, uh, James P- uh, Pilot, won the uh, United States Amateur Championship. Yes, and what a great champion he's been. He's so good with the media and down, you know, just a what a nice kid. <laughs> ambassador for for Michigan golf. He's another Spartan. <laughs> yeah, that was that was wonderful to see that. And you know, you mentioned the alley uh, challenge up in Flint at the home Warwick Hills, the home of where the Buick Open was. And what's so great about it is all those champion tour players that play in that in September. I think it's September, right? This year again, they're all the ones that were playing in the Buick Open back in the you know when they were on the PGA tour. So they have all made friends over the years in Flint, getting back to that town and. Of course, I see so many of those players. They'll all be here in the next couple of weeks. You know, from uh, Olin, Olin Brown, John Daly, all those guys. Jim Furyk won the Ally last year. So here's the guy who played that uh, Warwick uh, for many years ago and is happy to come back there and, and win again. Is on the uh, Champions Tour. Yes, and he'll be playing at the Mitsubishi Electric Championship, but he, the Champions Tour. But he's also going to play in the Sony Open and the PGA Tour. He and um, I think the other one is is it Fred Funk, one of them. But Jim will be playing. Oh, Jerry Kelly. So that's he's still got some good golf in him. Does he need to be able to play PGA Tour and the Champions? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> he, he, Jim is one of my favorite players. Last year. He was just finishing up and at the Mitsubishi, and he was with his caddy Fluff. And I, I first met that Fluff, um, who, when he was caddying for uh, Peter Jacobson many yep. years ago. And and Peter was representing Waikoloa Beach Resort here on the Big Island, and I got to know Fluff a bit. And then he ended up caddying for Tiger for for many years. I don't know if it was many years, but for a good while. Oh. And and uh, now he's at, has been with Jim for quite a while. So that, to me, that's a great story. And also Jim and his wife, Tabitha, and their foundation. So last year, Jim was uh, standing by the locker room, and I was just we were finishing up interviews, and he was taking it off his golf club. He said, "You got a junior golfer? You know, you might want to give this to." I said, "Yeah. Would you make it out for Carson?" And he signed the glove. And Carson is my seven-year-old next-door neighbor who's who loves sports and, and tennis and golfers, something that he's learning to do. So I thought that was a really nice gesture. These guys, you know, they're, they're also great, particularly on the Champions Tour. I think that they, they really know how to give back. But one of my favorites who won a few years ago is Miguel Angel Jimenez. 
I love watching him play. He is the the Spaniard of Spaniards. He's uh, he wanted to hit what he got on that um, hole that was it a par three, about sixteenth, seventeenth hole. Seventeenth, yeah. Yeah, seems to me he made birdie there. Uh, and had a good time. I like watching him play it. Well, he, he Ryder Cup was here, and uh, he had my my daughter. European team was very good with the with the gallery, uh, whereas the American team was hidden and and should have stayed hidden. They had beaten so bad. But um, one of my daughters got a nice picture of uh, Miguel Angel Jimenez lighting one of his cigars. Uh, yes, he's quite the showman, isn't he? You know, over the years, you know, Jack. There's a couple of stories I always like to hear you you talk about, and uh, one of them is about the, the Chicago Cubs. Your dad, having been the traveling secretary back in the '40s for the Detroit Tigers. I have the ring. They beat the yeah. Cubs. Yeah, tell tell a little bit about that. And Hank Greenberg, you know, being your hero, talk a little bit about those days. And how you, that's how you got into sports, right? Becoming a sports writer? Yeah, I mean, from, I, mean I grew up during the Depression and, and uh, listening to the radio, the Tigers were, Tigers were on, and uh, Hank Greenberg became a good uh, big hero to me. And then he went in service during the war. In 1945, why he got out with a couple of months left in the season, as did uh, Bertrand. And uh, he hit the home run to get the Tigers into the on Sunday in St. Louis at the, at the Browns. And yeah, uh, back in those days, we had, uh, you didn't have a, a telephone all your own. You had party lines. And, and people kept on calling our party line to, to celebrate uh, the Tigers winning and uh, went to uh, went to the World Series and won in seven games and the Cubs took them forever to win uh, just a couple of years ago that they did. It's, the Cubs were like our today's uh, Tigers. Tigers haven't won since uh, yeah. covered them when I was a rookie at United Press. So 1957, that's when, I, when the Lions last won a championship. That was a long time ago, wasn't it? <laughs> I remember. I I was just thinking when you were telling the story about um, the Cubs, and you said you got the World Series ring, and didn't your father end up buying their home with that or something, or you, whatever? But you said back in those days that now you see what they get when they win the World Series or the Super Bowl rings that about cover their whole hand, and uh, with you know thousands and thousands of dollars. Well, my, the, since my dad traveled with the team, I mean, he was the guy who got them on the trains and off the trains and into the hotels and out and so forth, and he got a full share. And the full share was uh, $6,400, and that paid for our new house. And, and that was a, a uh, something that I was always uh, – Remember fondly. I love that story. And, and I was in uh, Detroit Historical Museum. I was looking for, for some old notes that I had about you, and I, 
I noticed that I had done a show with a couple ladies who had set up an exhibit in Detroit Historical Museum a few years ago. And uh, one, Wendy Rose Weiss was one. She was, was with the uh, Jewish Historical Society. And the other was Gail Greenberg. And I wonder if maybe she was related to Hank. Do you know? Uh, I, I do not know. I, I'm going to track her down and find out because they set up a wonderful exhibit in the Detroit Historical Museum. And it was, they had people in it. It was the whole idea was to show that well, what a great, not just what a great game uh, baseball was, but how it was also, you know, they had pioneers and stuff, but it was also, uh, there was some racism, anti-Semitism and the challenges of urbanization and, and they had a, a wonderful exhibit at the historical museum. I'm going to see if she is related. And cause I always love how you share that story about how much you cared about Hank Greenberg. He married uh, the daughter of the big grocery store or grocery store, uh, department store in New York. Uh, and I don't remember her first name. But then they they stayed at the Plaza Hotel that was there on Grand Boulevard, right by where the Olympia used to be. Oh yeah, okay. I don't remember her first name. It could have been Gail. Could have been something. But she yeah. was. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna do a little research on that. That's interesting. I don't remember the Plaza Hotel over by Olympia. So that would get on. It's on the Boulevard. Okay, how interesting. I love I love pulling these things up because all of it, it all links. It's all so important, isn't it? Hey, at that time when they were playing the Olympia, weren't there only six teams in the NHL at that time? Well, that lasted longer than that. It was the, the, when uh, the last uh, – the Tigers beat, the, uh, beat St. Louis in seven games. And that was, but, I, but I mean, back you were talking about Olympia, and I was I was referring to the the Red Wings when they played hockey there, and you were covering the Red Wings. That was the last of the six team uh, days in the national in the National Hockey League. I covered the last game of the World Series in St. Louis, flew to Boston for the uh, hockey openers, and that was the last. Uh, well, it was the last year that that the Major League Baseball was uh, eight cities in each, in each league. They expanded. Wow. What year would that have been? Like, what decade would that have been? Uh, well, see, I was at the Free Press, so it was still uh, in the late 70s. Or, huh. And at that time, there were only six teams with the, with the National Hockey League and eight. Wow. That's, yeah. Yeah, it's been a that's pretty, pretty fascinating. Talk a little bit, if you would, about um, – I was talking about Melanie Hauser this morning. I got a, you know, a notice from the, the Golf Writers Association of America. And if I recall – you had something to do. Was she one of the first women allowed in the locker rooms at, at the Masters or something, and that you had something to do with that? Yes. Uh, it was uh, Melanie and uh, another uh, woman who also worked for a newspaper in uh, in Houston, where Melanie was. And uh, Cord Harden was the president of the uh, – or what was chairman 
at uh, of the Augusta National Golf Club. And the girls were understandably ticked off. They couldn't and uh, so I wrote to them and, and said that they're in the locker room with, you know, in football and in baseball and, and these other sports. And why couldn't they be in the locker room at, at the Masters? And I, I didn't say it, but uh, hell, in, in golf, they don't get naked and go and take a shower and walk around like they do in, in, the, in the team sports. I mean, it's no problem at all. Anyway, he, he changed it. And uh, Horde, he was from St. Louis, but he had a very nice uh, place up at uh, Harbor Springs. He spent summers up in the, at Harbor Springs in the northern lower peninsula. He was a good guy. He, was a, he came to uh, uh, Detroit for, I got him to come to a luncheon at the Detroit Athletic Club, which was a big sellout. And uh, he was... He was very, uh, very entertaining, and everybody had a good time. Well, it sure has changed down there at the Masters, hasn't it? I love how the last couple of years they have really opened up their thinking and, and pioneering and the way they're embracing some of those amateur tournaments and inclusive, being somewhat so inclusive for women as well. I think Billy Payne was responsible for, for, get, for televising on Wednesday the uh, the you know the uh, tournament the little uh, tournament on on the nine hole course it's been the part three huge hit yeah and uh, and I think that he was I really believe that he's the the guy who started the idea of the drive chip and putt and got the uh, USGA and the, and the PGA to agree to it. And now it's become, some, you know, sensational. And they talk about growing the game, and, and that certainly has been a huge boost to the game. And then uh, when he just uh, retired from the, from the chairmanship a couple of years ago, and uh, what's his name is now former uh, U.S. Amateur champion and also from Atlanta is the uh, – from Florida – uh, has continued. He start he started the women's tournament on uh, the women's masters. So they they progressed. Uh, they've always been in front. Nobody runs a better tournament. Nobody runs a better athletic event. Whether it's the Olympics, the Super Bowl, the World Series, any nobody can touch what they do at the Augusta National Golf Club. And I'm I was, sorry, I've never been there. Gosh. Well, I've been there. How many have you covered? How many did you cover? Forty-three, forty-five. Forty-three. Forty-three. Wow. And you had a lot to do with how the media was taken care of. Um, you know, whether it was parking or the media center or all of that. You've always had to be an advocate. People in the media, haven't they? Well, they've always been good, I and mean, they're they're. Uh, Real smart people. <laughs> so, just explain to our listeners: it's not a PGA event. It is a. It is a. It belongs to Augusta National, right? The, the Masters. So that they, they do it as they want, and and that has been their independence has been 
than the, an asset <laughs> that oh. they have used wisely. If I could turn him up to golf. <laughs> Every player wants to get into it because it's played at the same place and they play it so and they do it so well. I mean, never, you know, all the uh, three other majors uh, are uh, rotate uh, around different different uh, clubs and courses. And at Augusta, they know where everything is uh, convenient for them. Really, you know, if you start going there long enough, you know which house to rent. Uh, and uh, during the tournament, uh, you know wh- where to eat, where to stay, where to do, where to do everything. And, and, yeah. And the practice facility is, my God, it's awesome. Uh, so it's, uh, can't, I can't say enough good things about the Augusta National. You know, let's just mention a little bit about the great golf in Michigan. You're talking about up north, and I was reading a story earlier today that you wrote about. Another longtime friend of mine who passed away some time ago, Glenn Johnson. Um, he started some of those tournaments up at Boyne in northern Michigan and, you know, has really turned help. You know, he was instrumental and that's always been a mecca for golf. But my goodness, the golf in Michigan is phenomenal, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's, uh, and they've done, uh, you know, the, uh, the Kirchers at the Boyne and Everett Kircher, he, he didn't. He didn't play golf or no golf, and he had the uh, first big ski area in northern Michigan. And a friend of his uh, said uh, uh, said he ought to uh, get into golf himself. You've got all these people that he employs through the through the winter for the uh, golf or for the ski resort, and then you know they're out of it once once the snow melts. So uh, that got Everett thinking, and uh, he started with one course, and now they have what, at least five golf courses, and they're phenomenal. Uh, with uh, you know, just everything is is top drawer there, and and they also, of course, are still huge in in skiing. They own uh, Big Sky Resort out in Montana. They've got one in British Columbia. And they've got one in uh, in the New England area, and Bernie Frederick, who I'm sure you that you know over the years. Bernie is the uh, kind of the vice president of uh, operations for the golf golf side of uh, Boyne, and uh, they do a a wonderful job up there, and it's given the boost to the whole. Used to be just like the top half of the Lower Peninsula, and especially on the Lake Michigan side. And now that there are golf courses, good golf courses, all the way up the uh, Lake Michigan side, from uh, you know from the Indiana line, and and people come over from Chicago because the golf the golf prices are much better than they were around the Chicago area, and uh, and go up uh, up through that. Through that road, uh, and they've got so many good courses along there. Arcadia Bluffs and you know Whistling Straits has gotten a lot of uh, publicity because of the uh, uh, PGA Championship and then Master the uh, Ryder Cup there. And I say, well, yeah, but uh, Whistling Straits, you're just getting daybreak over there at uh, at Arcadia Bluffs on our side of the lake. Well, you get these 
beautiful uh, evening sunsets and everything. <laughs> and they get, like at uh, Arcadia, they have a bagpiper, other music and cocktails and everything else. And uh, looking at the sunset over Lake Michigan. So yeah, people don't realize there's more golf per capita in Michigan than other than maybe California. Because the season is short, but there's a lot of golf played. What is it, 800 golf courses in Michigan? Something like that? Yeah, and then uh, Chad Nicholas is the guy. He had already was, uh, had the toughest course at uh, uh, the Bear at, at by Traverse City. And then uh, he did the TPC uh, uh, for, uh, for the PG. Been for the Ford Motor Company, basically, uh, down in Dearborn, and uh, now he became friends with uh, the Air Force uh, pilot uh, uh, Dan Rooney, and uh, the Warriors. His dad bought out uh, the uh, Grand Haven course that was started by um, the father father of, of the Mets people of the Matthews people who had designed over 100 courses in the state. Anyway, uh, they uh, got, uh, Jack was talking to uh, Colonel and uh, how they wanted to kind of fix up that golf course and uh, Nicholas uh, talked him to it and by God, he went into it. They, they took over the course, redid the whole thing and it's now what the American American Dunes, and uh, it is, and you know everybody who's played it is an ecstatic about it, and it is uh, doing well, and it's nice to be right down there uh, at the lake and right in a big, uh, actually big, uh, uh, I'm going to say circulation. That's a newspaper guy uh, area for uh, customers, people, you know. It's yeah. Just, that's around the corner from Chicago. And it's got uh, some great publicity, too. Really. Yeah, definitely. Well, Jack Nicholas, that, <laughs> that kind of works. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Jack Berry, long-time friend, which is just such a, a privilege for me to call you a long-time friend. It's always meant so much to me. We, we can have to talk after uh, the Aloha Swing comes here, which is the Sony Open. Here come the landscapers. <laughs> the Sony Open and and also the Tournament of Champions and then the Mitsubishi Electric Championship at Wallowai. So we'll have to talk and uh, just kind of recap those three tournaments at the end of January. But it's a delight to talk with you. It's always great to be in touch. And are you back to walking these days? Or you getting outside? Or? I broke four ribs on January or on June third, stupidly. Plus, all right, with two of my daughters who live and work in Chicago had come over to visit, and we're just sitting talking in my living room here, and I managed to managed to take a fall and broke four ribs. So that in June third, that ended any thought of golf all summer. So. Uh, it's, uh, and it's, you know, I've, every doctor that I go to, and I go to so many, it seems like one a week, they all say, how 
boy, you look in great shape. You're great. You're, yeah, lie, lie to me again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing I have a feeling. I have a feeling I, you're doing pretty good. But, you know, what, 91? Is that what you are, or 90? I know. I'm I very, know. Okay. And, and I just read the Sports Illustrated story, uh, supposedly on uh, Tom Brady being the uh, sportsman of the year, and they don't mention Tom Brady until about the fourth or fifth paragraph, but it's all for how uh, we are all living so much longer now than it, than it used to be, and I and I take great uh, pleasure in reading that that bit. That, uh, uh, now it's uh, when I was when I was young. If somebody lived somebody lived to get onto Social Security, I thought, holy mackerel! You know that that is. Yeah. Oh, now it's. Well, I know I wake up every day. I'm just so grateful that I'm, you know, relatively healthy and getting out there and doing my work, doing my play, <laughs> work hard, play hard, and just grateful to be alive every single day. And the thing that I get more and more every day is how much my longtime friends and new friends mean to me. It's all about relationships. There's nothing more important than and just knowing that. You don't have to always be talking to people or with them, but just in spirit, I just feel the love and kindness of a lifetime, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad that's what I focus on, because <laughs> we've all had plenty of challenges in life, right? You're uh, you're overcoming them. <laughs> you're doing great. <laughs> yeah, I've always felt good. My dad used to say, "Learn to be the internal optimist." So I've always tried to do that. You're right. And uh, <laughs> grateful for your friendship, Jack. I love you dearly. Thank you so much. Oh, I love, it. I love to do it. Okay. You take care. I'll be in touch, and we'll both be watching the Tournament of Champions coming up in the next week or so. That's right. I will. Take I care. Will. Bye-bye. Aloha.